Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. As we headed into Father's Day, I did want to talk to you about kids and how many know that you don't have to be a father or a mother to have an influence on children? You know that? You don't have to have kids, biological kids of your own to be an influence on children. Jill... I'm just going to pick on you this morning, Jill. Of all those kids that she teaches, that she manages, that she administrates over, none of them are her biological kids. She has her own biological kids, but she has a great influence upon them. A great influence as a teacher, administrator. Each of you here today, whether you have children, whether you have grandchildren, or whether you don't, you have an amazing influence upon them. See, children, and you know this, because each of you here were a child at some point, children look up to people. They're watching you. They're watching you. They're watching the good, and they're watching the bad. And that's a fact, because we don't forget certain things. In fact, if I asked you right now, you could probably recall to me the worst thing that ever happened to you, or that you saw happen to somebody in your life because we don't quickly forget those things those things stay in our minds and children are greatly influenced each of you here today when you come to church you're a great influence upon the children that we have and 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 look at this today we don't even have any kids today that's highly highly unusual in fact I can't recall the last time we did not have any children here today for our kids church Um, So that's kind of why part of this message was geared toward that, toward the parents of that. But so I'm going to just touch on some of the the points here briefly of raising kingdom kids. Everybody say this. I am a child of the king. Do you believe that? You hear me say that often because you are a child of the king. If you call yourself a born again believer, you are a child of the king. And a, and a son of the king, a daughter of the king. And with that comes great privileges, comes great responsibilities for you. Amen? You know, one of the great desires that we have as parents or even as just adults for our children, and even if you don't have kids here today or, or here at this church, you may say, man, I, I really pray and hope that that child grows up to be successful. And we all want successful kids, right? Yes. But what does that mean? What does success mean? Does it mean, you know, I heard this growing up, and my brother will attest to this. Growing up, my dad would always say, well, we should, you know, you should be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. It was just those three things, nothing more, nothing less. No pressure. Doctor, lawyer, or engineer, Right? Now, there's nothing wrong with becoming a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. But I'll tell you this. If you do not have any eternal values, if you do not have any eternal perspective, what good is it if you are successful in the world but don't have eternal values planted here, don't have roots planted here, aren't built upon the faith of Jesus Christ? What good is it? Amen? You know, and, and the world will teach our kids, and, and that's why we as parents, that's why we as influencers, uh, those that don't have children, you're helping influence our children. Did you know that? You're helping shape them 
I hope you know that. And, and they look toward you. They look toward me. They look toward those that are in this world as well. And it's, it's no secret. All you got to do is turn on the TV and turn on E! News or whatever it is, to Entertainment Tonight, and see all the people that are successful in the world in terms of finances, money, and their lives are broken. They're falling apart. Their lives are ruined. They're going from here to there and seemingly looking for something they can't find. Why is that? Because they're not built upon the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's where we have to be as parents, as those that model to our children. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We may not have all the answers, but thank God we have the Word of God, which gives us principles to teach our kids. Amen? Amen. It gives us principles. I want you to stand with me. I'm going to read a couple of verses, and I believe you may have this on your outline. I don't know what happened to my outline. It seemed to have disappeared. Um, Oh, here it is. You do have it on your outline. It's Psalms 112, verses 1 through 2, 1 and 2. Psalm 112. And it says the following. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And then I want to take you to Proverbs 22 and verse 6 which was our scripture verse this morning. And all of you have heard this verse at at different times in your life. I'm sure of it. But Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we ask your blessings upon your word. I pray, Lord, that again, we would open our hearts to receive your word, that Father, that we would be a blessing to our children, that we would recognize how to model life to our kids. Even those that don't have any children here in this church, they are a mighty influence upon them. People are, children are looking at them and they're looking at responses. They're looking at life. How do they handle that? And so, Father, I pray this morning that you would grant us your wisdom this morning to understand these basic biblical principles and we pray that in jesus name amen amen look at your neighbor before you're seated tell them again i'm a kingdom kid i'm a kingdom kid do you know that every child not only needs to be physically nurtured but they need to be spiritually nurtured amen if you want to be physically nurtured, come to our church. We got, we got food for you every Sunday morning, but we also want to spiritually nurture you. Amen? That's the way your home should be. You know, I, I've got this great perspective now. I really do. And I'm fortunate now, uh, not so back then, but what I mean by that is my, my oldest two kids, that when I, before I became a believer, they weren't raised with this. They weren't raised with what I'm talking to you about right now, these principles. But now as a believer, having been married to Anna, it'll be 23 years in July, and then having raised two daughters with these principles, there's a night and day difference. There really is, not only in my children, but in the way I speak to them, in the way we speak life into them. 
It's a huge night and day difference. Just last night, as I'm getting ready to go to bed, I was exhausted last night and took a shower, getting ready to go to bed. I knocked on Raquel's door because I always knock on their door. And, and then I open the door. If she says, don't come in. I don't come in. And as I open the door, there's Raquel and Anna embracing because they were praying. Now, that just blesses my heart to see that. It blesses my heart because I think back to when I was 17, high school graduate. I wasn't doing that. I was nowhere near that scene. And to see that as a parent, that's the most awesome, wonderful blessing for me. To know that my children desire that. My spouse desires to teach my children that. That we're on the same page. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you, do you recognize that investing into our children like that pays dividends down the road for them? Not, not, I'm, it's not a selfish thing. We want them to understand God's got a great plan for you. God's got a great, wonderful, mighty plan for you. We have to learn to be an example. And that's your first point on your outline. I've got a, a few quick points I want to go through. There's a few of them, but I'm going to go through these quickly this morning. We need to be an example. Remember the old expression? Your parents, sometimes they'd be mad and say, don't do as I as I do, do as I say, right? How many have ever heard that, right? And that's usually a terrible example that they're giving you when they say that. Don't do as I do, do as I say. And we've all heard that from our parents. But the great example, the biblical example is do as I do or follow me as I follow Jesus. Watch my example and let that be an example to you. Amen? Amen? That's what we need to be doing Now, does that mean you're not going to make any mistakes? No, of course not. You're imperfect just like I am. I will have to come at some point, say, "Um, I'm sorry, Raquel. I'm sorry, Bianca. Please forgive me. I need you to forgive me. I I will have to do that. I'll have to remind them, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Your mom isn't perfect. And we have to remind them of that. Sometimes children can think their parents are infallible, right? Right? Oh, Pastor Rick, he doesn't make any mistakes. No, far from it. I fall so short of God. I fall so short. And our kids need to see that. Amen? Amen. We need to be an example. You know, Proverbs chapter 1, real quickly, I want to read that there to you. Proverbs chapter 1 and verses 7 through 9. It's beautiful here. And I'm reading out of the NIV. Sorry, Dan. Um, he likes the NASB, just, just an inside joke there. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, to, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. So what it's saying there is that when we give them that example to follow and they begin to listen to us and, and follow those examples, that, that it's like a garland, like it's an ornament to them that they wear. They proudly wear that. Children of, of obedience, not perfect children, because perfect children don't exist. Mine aren't perfect and neither are yours, amen? But, but when they begin to obey you, 
It's the best thing that a parent can experience when you see your kids walking in obedience. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? When they walk in obedience, because at the end of the day, that's all any parent wants, is for your child to walk in obedience. And sometimes we have to take the hard way, don't we? Sometimes us stubborn kids, I was, the, I was a stubborn kid, you have to learn the hard way. Okay, Reuben, he, he said amen. But... We have to take the hard way and we have to learn. We have to hit rock bottom and learn, okay, God, I get it. I get it. And then we, we finally figure it out along the way. And then there's kids that seemingly just from the get-go, they get it. Uh, I have two children like that, you know. Uh, I have another child that, that, that wants to learn the hard way. And, and every one of us are different. That's what makes them unique. Yes. And, and I don't want to change that. That's who they are. And that's who God created them to be. Amen? But we have to give them an example, every one of them. We have to make sure that, that they see us doing what we expect them to do. I can't th- expect, expect my children or any child in this church to do something different than what I teach them. If I'm telling you to pray, I need to be in prayer. If I tell you to read the Word, go to small group, summer in the Psalms on Wednesdays, I need to be there, or I need to at least uh, promote that. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying this morning? I can't be living something different. Amen. Amen. In in addition to that, in addition to being a good example, we need to be genuine. We need to be transparent. Being genuine is, because last week I left early, and I heard that Dan did a great job. How many believe that? Give him a big hand because he did a great job last week in closing out the service. And he got genuine. He got transparent is what I heard. And that's a beautiful thing when somebody just opens up and allows the Holy Spirit to speak through them. That's something that we should all strive for. But that's what our children need to see. Our children desperately need to see that. Don't don't be like this. Don't be like a, you know, this macho man thing. If you're a male here today, well, I can't let my children see me cry. Well, you know, that was the old, old school, right? That was, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't shed tears in front of my children. You know, God forbid they should see me and think I'm weak. No, no, on the contrary. God says you are strong when you can do that, when you can be real, when you can be transparent in front of your children. Be real. Don't pretend to be perfect. You know, I, we, we always joke around, my kids and I, they're, they're always teasing me, and, and they realize, they're the first ones to realize, I am not perfect. Their mother is not perfect. And I'm glad they realize that. Because it would be a sad day to think that their parents are perfect. Then they would have to try to live and strive for that, for some unbelievable, uh, unconceivable thing that is unattainable. Right? None of us are perfect. But here's a few character traits that we need to demonstrate to our kids. And I want you to listen to these. I've written quite a few down. Listen to these. On a daily basis, we need to be demonstrating these to your kids. Contentment. Courage. Courtesy. Discernment. Wait, there's more. Fairness. Friendliness. Generosity, gentleness, helpfulness, honesty. Let me say that one again. Honesty, humility, 
kindness, obedience, orderliness, patience, persistence, self-control, tact, thankfulness, tidiness, and wisdom. How many agree that those are just some of the things that our children need to see on a daily basis? There's so much more than that. So much more. Point number three, give them unconditional love. Now, don't make the mistake of loving kids only when they do something great. Only loving kids that fit your little box of what a a good kid should be. We need to love kids unconditionally. Just like our Lord, our Heavenly Father, loved you the very first time you came to Him. He loved you unconditionally, didn't He? Amen? You shouldn't be any different. We need to accept them. See, one of the great things I love about our church, and as far as, as long as I'm the pastor here, we will love every person that walks into that door. We will love on them. We will treat them as a child of God. It's not my job to convict them of their sins. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we will love on them. We will teach them the Word of God. And hopefully in that process, God will transform their mind, their thinking, and their, their ideas, the way they do life. Amen? Amen? But we must accept them as they are. There must be unconditional acceptance of each child, of each person, regardless of who they are. Of who they are. Amen? Now, here's, here's another thing. I may not accept what you do, but I accept you. See, the Lord, the Lord does that with each of us. He may not accept what you do. He may not love or like what you do, but He accepts you for who you are. You're His child. You're His child. Amen? Help us also, point number four, or point number three, excuse me, That was giving them unconditional love. Point number four, give them constant encouragement. I think I skipped one. Give them constant encouragement. Amen? Amen. There's a difference between praise and encouragement. How many know that? There's a difference between praise and encouragement. Praise is praising them for something that they did, that they accomplished. Raquel, you graduated. Great. That's praising her. Raquel, I love your spirit. Bianca? I love your spirit. That's encouraging them. You know what they're going to remember? They're not going to remember you praising them, congratulating them for the high school graduation. But what they will remember is, hey, can I just tell you, I love your smile. Can I just tell you, I love your passion for the things of God. Can I tell you that? They'll remember that. Do you do that? Do we encourage our kids often enough? Or is it always scolding them? Is it always a negative attitude? That's where we got to catch ourselves as parents and as adults. We have to constantly be encouraging kids. Yeah. Encouragement says, I'm proud of you, but for who you are. That's what encouragement says. Encouragement gives a child confidence. Yes. Every one of us want to have confidence. And you know who? These people that struggle with self-esteem as adults are the ones that never received encouragement as little children. They never received encouragement, and they struggle with self-esteem as adults. We must learn to give our children encouragement. If it doesn't come from you, from the church, it's not going to come from anybody at home, typically. Amen? Amen. Our next point is give them wise instructions. How many had can say with an honest opinion this morning that they received wise instruction growing up? 
If, if you want to go public, go ahead, say that. Yeah, and that's a blessing. That's a blessing if you did. And thank God for that. But for the majority of us, or for, for the majority of, of, of our world, actually, we don't receive wise instruction. Sometimes we don't even receive an example to live by, much less wise instruction. The Bible is the source of all wisdom here. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask him. Ask him for wisdom. And as parents, that should be at the top of our list. Lord, grant me wisdom. How to minister to my children. How to minister to each other here in church. How to minister to, to my coworkers. It doesn't matter if they're a child. We all need wisdom. Amen? We need wisdom. We need to teach our children the word of God. We need to have a regular time of, of prayer as, as parents. Um, encourage those kids around you when they come to church and before they go into kids' church, if you don't have kids here in this church, encourage them. Say, hey, have you read the Word of God? Do you read the Word of God? You know you can go online and read it. There's apps all over for free. You can go online because kids nowadays, they all have a phone. They all have some sort of electronic device. They can go on that and read the Word of God. It's real simple and they can make it big for people like me, Pastor Rick, so I can read it. Uh, or they can make it small. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to read the Word of God. Amen? Yes. I want to show you something up on the screen. <laughs> this is a picture I took. Can we turn the lights down? I don't know if you can see this. And I hope Raquel doesn't mind. This is, the, this is her sliding, uh, her mirrors in her closet. Her closet mirrors. This is the left side. She's got it written with scriptures. I didn't write them. She did. She writes, this whole, so the very top says, God doesn't look at what people see. People judge by what is on the outside. But the Lord looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Over there on the far right, you can't read it, but it says, Be still and know that I am God. And so forth. Let's go to the other side. That's, that's just the left side. Then there's the right side. And then she's put up here on the top. She is a strong person and people respect her. She looks to the future with confidence. She speaks with confidence. She speaks with wisdom and teaches others to be loving and kind. Yes. Proverbs 31, 25 through 27. Amen. Now, my point in this is not to, to brag necessarily about my child. You can put the lights back on. But it's to show you that those types of things you can do for your kids. You can write scriptures and leave them there where they're going to see them. If you've been to my house, you'll see that. You'll see scriptures everywhere. That's a good thing, don't you think? It's a good thing for your children to see. I didn't grow up in a household with scriptures, you know. I, I, it was what it was, right? When we grew up, it was what it was. Now, we have scriptures all over our house. There, there's not a room I can go in, I don't think, that, that there isn't a scripture. And that's a great thing. That's modeling to our children, to our family. This is... This is what I desire. This is what God desires for your life. And guess what? It, it soaks in. Those scriptures begin to soak in. They begin to read those scriptures. They begin to, to realize that, yes, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Yes, all these are promises for each of us. Amen? Amen. We have to teach them that. We have to teach them. You know, the scripture that we read at the outset, the scripture verse, teach them and they will not depart from it. Teach them the word of God, right? Well, you may say to yourself, well, I know people that have walked away. That's true. 
I was one of those that walked away from the Lord after having come in for a brief period of time and walked away completely. But let me tell you, they don't ever forget it. It burns in here every single day. Every single day, somebody reminds them, hey, you want to come to church? It burns in here, and it reminds them exactly of what God did for them. It never, never goes away. No matter how backslidden you think you can get, no matter how far away you think you can hide, it's, it's going to seek you. Because that's God's Holy Spirit seeking after you. Amen? So again, we need to teach our children the, the written Word of God. So, so what can I do as a parent? What can I do as, as somebody here that belongs to this church? You can share that with somebody. You can share a scripture with, with one of the children that come in. And there's so many scriptures in the Word of God. You, you can tell them, did you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? It says so in the book of Psalms. And, and you can share scriptures like that. And a child will look at you going, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I receive that. I claim that. And what you're doing is you're building them up. You're building them up. Amen? How many want to do that? How many want to build up the children around them? Amen? Then the next point is give them reasonable restrictions, meaning there's, there's guidelines, right? Uh, how many know that the speed limit, 70 miles an hour on Highway 5, is there for a reason, right? But do, do a lot of people obey it? No, there's a lot of people going 100 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour. But it's there for a reason to protect you. The restrictions are there to protect you. They're there for a guideline. And it's funny to me because some people will look at that and feel secure. Okay, I've got, I'm protected. It's a net. It's there for my protection. Others are like, there's a net. And the same net, it's, it's, it's binding them. It's restricting them. But what they're not seeing is that it's there for their security. It actually sets you free to know that you're safe, to know that you're protected. The person that doesn't realize that feels like they're trapped, like they can never do what's right because they're being restricted. And, and, the, and the Lord wants to desperately teach you that we all have to have limitations in terms of, of, of limits. He, he wants to protect you. Amen? He knows what's best for you. We don't let our children cross the street unattended as little kids. We always tell them, look both ways, cross the street, right? Or hold their hand. But you don't let your children just walk across the street. Yeah. It's for their protection. Now, does a three-year-old understand that? Understand that concept? Of course not. In the same way, an adult doesn't understand and realize, oh, they think these are restrictions on me. I can't do anything. No, you're not understanding. You're still like a three-year-old. Amen? <laughs> Limitations do not bind a child. They actually bring freedom. Restrictions give children confidence and security. Restrictions give children yes. confidence and security. Yes, and a, any responsible parent will teach that to kids. Amen? And then our next point is give them a listening ear. You know, one of the things that we need to do is we need to listen to our kids. And I realize as, as adults, as parents, we, we often get busy. We, we come home from work, right? Those of us that work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, and, and then we come home and we just want to chill. We want to chill for five minutes. But sometimes th there isn't, huh? And that's why I tell my family, I'll rest when, when I die. When I go to heaven, I'll rest then. And, and so... Um, 
which isn't healthy, but you got to take the time. You got to take time for yourself. But, but we have to have a listening ear to our children. We have to have a listening ear to one another. That means taking the time to go like this. Not like, you know, here, here's an example. My wife's talking to me, my children talk to me, and I'm texting while they're talking to me. Or I'm looking at something online here while they're talking to me. Put this away. Put it away. Put it away. If you're at the dinner table, put it away. If you're out to dinner, put it away. Engage. That's a lost art, isn't it? Engaging in conversation. Engaging. That's what our children need to see. And they need to have a listening ear. Listen to their heart. Listen, because in, in those moments when you're listening, you're going to detect something. You're going to be able to hear something that maybe they're desperately crying out to you to help them with. And if you don't give them that listening ear, you're going to miss it completely. Amen? How many have heard this? God gave us one mouth and two ears. We should listen twice as much as we speak. I've heard that all my life. God gave us one mouth and two ears. We need to listen twice as much as we speak. I like that. Uh, yes, amen. I like that too. I try to live by that, but sometimes it's not always easy. Listening twice as much as we speak. It's not always easy. Amen. Amen. We have to make the time and opportunities for those conversations. We must make the time and opportunities for those conversations. And then my last point is, give them a cheerful environment. In other words, is your home filled with fun? Is it filled with laughter? Or is it just this plaid, stayed, you know, environment of, you know, just seriousness? And there's no, there will be no joking around here. No, of course not. Who does that? I mean, if you come to our house, we're always busting up, right? Are we busting up? Ra- Raquel and I usually drive the trailer over here every Sunday morning. She just, I have her always cracking up. She's just cracking up because half the time I'm trying to just wake her up. And the, the other time, you know, I just get going. I just get going. And I'm, I've already prayed in the morning. And so I'm like wired already by God. Not no coffee. And, uh, and so I'm alive and, and I'm cracking up, right? Anna's cracking up at home. We have a fun time at the house. We have a fun time everywhere we go. I know they're going to have a fun time on their trip to Disneyland today. I'm a little jealous. But they're going to have a great, fun time. And uh, your home needs to be that way. We need to have fun here in church. It doesn't just need to be um, this serious focus, although that's good. But we need to have fun. We need to make spiritually learning fun. Amen? Jesus did. Jesus did. There were so I mean, don't you think he was having fun when he was walking on water and telling Peter, come? He was having a blast. He's going, check this out. Check this out. See what their reaction is going to be. Come. And, uh, he was just cracking up. Uh, inside, he was, he was busting up because he was wondering, what are they thinking now? What are they thinking, right? So... Jesus had a sense of humor. I know he does because he created you and I. And, and so do you. You need to have a sense of humor. Amen? Yeah. And then finally, as I, as I close this morning, and I told you this is going to be real quick, but there's three homes that we each need to have. Do you know that? Three homes. God's desire is this, 
that everybody have a family home, a family home, a church home, and a heavenly home. How many have those three right now? You have those three? Amen. That should be all of us here today. From what I see, it should be all of us here today. We all have a family home where we go home at the end of the day, where you're going today. You're going to your family home. Then you've got your church home. We have, we have this wonderful church family here that loves each other, supports each other, uh, loves to eat like nobody's business. And then we have our heavenly home that we are looking forward to. God has, is building you a mansion. Didn't Jesus say that he's going away and he's preparing a mansion for you? That is your heavenly home. That is your heavenly reward. And I don't know about you, but we, we often talk about what our mansions are going to look like. We talk about them at our small groups. We've talked about them, what your mansion is going to look like, what my mansion is going to look like. And I really believe that God is going to give you the heart's desire, your heart's desire in what that mansion looks like. Because he already knows what you love. He already knows your desires. So your mansion Whatever, when you open up those magazines, those sunset magazines, or whatever they are nowadays, those home and garden, and you see those homes like, wow, that's beautiful. He knows what you love, and your home in, in heaven is going to look like that. I really believe that. I, I, I believe if you like to be up in the mountains, your, your mansion's going to be in a mountain setting. Amen. Mine's going to be up in the mountains and by the ocean. It, that's, it's just God's going to do that, because I've always wanted that. And I can't wait for that. But that's one of the three homes we all as believers should have, should have. Again, a family home, a church home, and a heavenly home. And then finally, the only way you're going to have that is if you put your foundation on Jesus Christ. And that really is the lesson that we need to share with our children so that we can become the kingdom kids, even as adults, even as adults, being the kingdom kids that God intended us to be. Amen? How many are going to do their best to, to pass that on to their children, grandchildren, or the children here in this church, to help them to be spiritually minded, eternally minded of the things of God? Amen? If you're not that example to them, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? If you're not reaching out to them. I know many of you here, you've connected with some child or another, some young person or another, and you've made inroads and, and they look up to you. And they value you as a person, as an adult. They look up to you. And um, don't, don't minimize that. Don't ever minimize that. God is using you to impact a child. Eternity. They may look to you. I, I just think right now of, of uh, Bianca who just started this. She's a teacher now in, in her job at Noah's Ark Preschool in American Canyon. She got promoted to being a teacher. And these little kids are all preschoolers. But they look up to Bianca. You know, who looks up to Bianca? Preschoolers do. <laughs> Sorry, that was a short joke. But you know, they're looking up to her. And all those teachers there have a great influence. Those that were raised in church. How many remember your Sunday school teachers? Raise your hand if you remember a young or a teacher that taught you something. You never forget that. Did you see that, Bianca? They have not forgotten that. Those that teach that are in the education Field, you are making inroads and an impact that kids will never ever forget. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Amen? It's all worth it. It's all worth it. All that hard work, 
all the screaming, all the crying, all the frustration, it's all worth it. And I'm not just talking about your homes. <laughs> I'm talking about at school and the kids that come here. It's all worth it. Amen. Some of the kids, you know, they're not here today, but some of these kids may not come from the best families, meaning the best backgrounds, meaning haven't been raised up in church and, and, and are exposed to a lot of things that, that maybe they shouldn't be. I'm not saying any of them here are. I'm just saying they may come in through these doors and they may be exposed to things like that. It's up to you and I to put an arm around them and say, hey, can I tell you you're wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God? Can I tell you that God loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life? Can I tell you what, what the Lord's asking me to share with you? It, things like that. It's your opportunity to share that with, your, with the children here in this church. Amen?